Hi, it's Rabbi Jim Egolf. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, this week's Torah portion is Korach. And as I always teach people, when you have a Torah portion named after you, either you did something really, really special, or you did something really, really less than special. Well, we'll figure out which one that is with Korach this week as we wade through the controversy caused and see whether or not uh, his lessons have something to teach us. I'd love to hear what you think about this lesson. You can always reach me at R-A-V-J-I-M, Rav Jim at AOL.com, or you can always call me at 610-624-3441. I'd love to hear what you think. Shalom. The Torah portion for this week is actually directly mentioned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah being the first compilation of Jewish law in the year 200, so 1900 years ago. And the Mishnah talks about this week's Torah portion, mentioning it, in the fifth chapter and the 21st Mishnah. It reads, any dispute for the sake of heaven will have enduring value, but any dispute not for the sake of heaven will not have enduring value. What is an example of a dispute for the sake of heaven? The dispute between Hillel and Shammai. What is an example of one not for the sake of heaven? The dispute of Korach and all of his company. Just a quick note, that dispute between Hillel and Shammai was a dispute in pre-Mishnaic times over how practice should occur in terms of carrying out mitzvot. And these two houses, Hillel and Shammai, became so enraged and so at odds with each other that they wouldn't even allow marriages between the two houses until, according to Jewish lore, one day the divine voice, the Bat Kol, issued forth from heaven and said, Elu ve'elu divrei Elohim chayim, both these and these are accurate interpretations of the living God. These are all my words. Meaning God tried to point out to them that, yes, both are ways that this mitzvah could be fulfilled. But then we get to the dispute of Korach against Moses. The story goes that basically Korach goes to Moses and says, you've gotten too big for your britches. And Moses falls down on his face Some people say in prayer, but maybe even in contrition or in a matter of being humble. And Moses and Korach have a a showdown over fire pans. And it is said that Korach's followers were swallowed up by the earth alive. They went down to Sheol, the place where souls go after they die, according to the Torah, alive. Now, it's okay to go to Sheol if you're dead, but if you're alive, not such a good place to be. Well, that idea of Elu Elu divrei Elohim chayim, both these and these are the words of the living God, I think stand in stark contrast to the Torah portion for this week. Korach went to Moses, and as opposed to saying, you know, you do things one way, but maybe there's another way. 
Maybe there are different ways of understanding God's work. He challenges Moses' leadership and authority of the camp. He basically says, I want to be in charge. You don't deserve to be in charge because everybody here is holy enough to be in charge. That's it. We, t- we, need, to have a, we need to have a change in leadership. Now, you might think that such a person would go down in history as exemplified by Pierre Kavot in the Mishnah where his dispute is mentioned as not being for the sake of heaven, that that person would be obliterated from history. And yet, after this time, if you read the book of Psalms, you'll find various Psalms mentioning Korach or Korach's descendants as authors of these various Psalms. And, according to Jewish tradition, even the prophet Samuel, the prophet who anointed the first kings of Israel, was a direct descendant of Korach. Judaism has always had this wonderful and rich understanding that you have to have two sides to the argument and that even if one is considered to be the majority argument, even if it's the way that the community is going to practice Torah, At the same time, there's always been an equally strong tradition of recording the minority opinion on the basis that one day it might be needed, one day it might be necessary to see Torah in this particular light. As you go through your week, I'd like to invite you to think about that tradition from Judaism of incorporating the minority opinion Or those lessons, for example, such as the fact that the descendants of Korach were the authors of some of the Psalms, and that Samuel the prophet was also a direct descendant of Korach. Just because somebody leads a revolt, or somebody has a different opinion, does not necessarily need to make them the worst or the arch enemy. It's a matter of a difference of opinion. And so, as you go through this week, may you hold to that Jewish value of always recording the minority opinion, of always knowing what the other ideas were during the conversation. And may that inform your opinion, and may your embracing of everybody's view add to the peace that you seek to create. Shalom.